23 about to be over. I just wanted to get my Colorado Buffaloes 2023 season in review. So as we all know, coming into last season for the Colorado Buffaloes, that Deion Sanders was coming into Colorado. He bought his people, he bought his sons. And in fact, it was so big to the point which a lot of the older players, the players who were on the team before Deion got there, they basically all transferred for the most part. Most of them, they transferred and he went to other schools. I mean, that's how big it was because Dion got a lot of transfers, a lot of people from Jackson State, from let alone around all college football, but especially from Jackson State. He got his own coaches, OC, DC, corner coach, O-line coach, and he got everybody from Jackson State to there. But the biggest ones being with Shador and Shiloh, in which they both played really big roles, along with Travis Hunter, who played an amazing role for the Buffaloes. And overall, I would say the fan interest was absolutely very high in both hopes for the future for the Colorado Buffaloes for the most part. Because when you look at the fan interest, I mean, it's Deion Sanders. I mean, we're talking about one of the more polarizing athletes in all professional sports, especially during the 90s. I mean, Deion is widely regarded as, as one of the best, if not the best corner in NFL history. And like I said, one of the best athletes in all professional sports. I mean, we're talking about a man that played baseball and football, ran track. I mean, the dude did damn well everything. And he was just an amazing player both on and off the field. It set the trend for the next generation of black athletes. You know, he set the trend. That's all I can say with that. But the fan interest, it was high because... Again, it's Deion Sanders we're talking about. His kids was also coming there. Travis Hunter, who's a former five-star recruit and was one of the biggest athletes coming out of high school. He was a five-star. He played both receiver and corner and had a lot of similarities with Deion Sanders. He bought the hype around him as well. And also at the fact he had multiple celebrities. You had ESPN covering him. Stephen A. Smith was covering him. I mean, you had everybody just talking about him. You could not go anywhere without somebody mentioning Hey, um, you saw that Colorado game last night? Oh, yeah, I did. Exactly. Like, everybody mentioned Colorado, okay? Like, everybody mentioned them up. And you already knew going into it. I said, yeah, it's going to be a lot of hype, a lot of praise. The fan interest is going to be high because, remember, Colorado, prior to Deion Sanders, the team was terrible. I mean, let's keep it above. The team was terrible. I mean, they went 1-11 before Deion even got there. And then when Deion was was at Jackson State. They ended up winning back-to-back swag championships. They were really good in HBCU level. It was really good. And he's bringing his experience up to Pac-12. And at the stuff, the stuff I mentioned, his attention, and Deion Sanders, I mean, what do you think was going to happen for the most part? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be very interesting. And also at the fact that he bought a lot of hope for the Colorado Buffaloes. And also, we can't forget the numerous celebrities were there. I mean, talking about former athletes such as T.O. showed up. I mean, it was so many players that showed up. You had um, Master P showed up. Key Glock showed up. You had numerous athletes, actresses, black actresses. May I add you? Black entertainers showed up to that. Key Glock showing up to that spot. I mean, T.O. I mean, you had damn well everybody showing up to that game. I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous, and it was really good for the most part. That just gave a lot of publicity and a lot of praise towards the Buffaloes. While at the same time, a lot of hate because you had some of those people, and you already know what I'm talking about for the most part, just did not like to see that for the most part, which is honestly insane. Another thing I'll say is that we saw Shador Sanders this year. 
be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he was really good and by far the bright spot of this Colorado Buffalo's offense. As he ended this season with 3,230 passing yards, which was a school record. Mind you, first year there, broke a record. He had 27 passing touchdowns. He was almost close to breaking it. I think I may be wrong on that, but he only had three interceptions, which he was by far top five. Some had him as a top three quarterback in all of college football. And he was just absolutely insane, man. He was just ridiculous, bro. He was doing his thing. However, and also, you got to forget that also Travis Hunter was also doing his thing, not just on defense, but on offense as well. I mean, he was just just ridiculous for the most part route running yards after the catch his athleticism and his cover skills his ball hogging skills footwork everything you want to db he got it i mean he was so dominant in fact that he actually won the paul horn award which goes to one of the best versatile players in all college football who is named after paul Hornet because he's widely regarded as one of the most versatile nfl players in nfl history he, that's that's what the word is named after. He was just an incredible athlete for somebody his time. And granted, right, Paul Horn did this around in the 50s and the 60s. He did this way ahead of his time. So that's why the Paul Horn Award is named after the best versatile player. And Travis Hunter by far deserved it. Also, you also had other players, too, stepping up. You had um, Xavier Weaver. He was by far the best receiver on the team. He was doing his thing. He was consistent. He was really good. Freshman Dylan Edwards, he was also really he was also good early on in the season. But as the season just kept going on and on and on, he kind of declined as it went on. In fact, it got so bad to the point where they actually lined up, and lined up up in the slide. More receiving back to me, in which I do like his versatility, but that's what Colorado needs to do in the offseason. They need to get a bell cow running back, someone who could just get like over 50 touches or so. Have more like a thunder and lightning. Get somebody like a big a big body running back, and then you have Dylan Edwards as more of the receiving back, more of the slot guy, have more versatile, you know? That's what they need to do in the offseason because, trust me, that's what they need. Another thing, which is by far the number one issue that I should have mentioned that the Colorado Buffaloes need to do going to the next year, O-line. Because their O-line was just absolutely horrible in every way imaginable. Now, as much as really good Shador Sanders was really good this season, the con was that he was sacked a total of 52 times, which was the most in FCS last year for the most part. It really was. It was really big for the most part. And yes, I do agree to what spots in which Shador, he did hold on to the ball too long. However, for the most part, if we're going to keep it above, it was mostly because that old line just could not block to save his life. And as the games went on and on and on, Shador started taking a lot of damage. He started running out the pocket board, which I do like that. But his old line was just so bad to the point which there was times in which Shador was visibly hurt. But he kept playing, which just shows how much heart he got. But he was just taking too much damage in which it got so bad to the point which... He actually had to miss some quarters and spots. In some cases, he actually missed the game for the most part. I mean, that's how bad his old line was. And to me, I would say just jealousy for the most part. It's just jealousy because, I mean, this, I mean, this is Deion Sanders' kid talking about. He's probably making more money than everybody on the team. Outside of Travis Hunter, well, probably you could say they're both in the same bracket. But, I mean, Shador is by far making way more money than everybody on the offensive line. And they're probably jealous. Just in my personal opinion, I feel like they was. 
because Jesus Christ, that line just could not block anybody to save their lives for the most part. I mean, it was just terrible. And another thing I had an issue with them was their defense. Now, don't get me wrong, their D-line was really good. It just struggled early on in the beginning, but then as the season went on and on, they started making adjustments in which the D-line is good. They, I like the fact how the DC, they did fluid their rhythm towards the end. More blitzes up the middle. They used their edge rushers to their full ability on the outside. Their pass rush unit was actually pretty good towards the latter part. That's a sign of good things to come with that D-line. But secondary, I mean, besides Travis Hunter, their corn, their CB room, they just need a corner to pair with Travis Hunter because it was Cornelius. He was a cornerback for the Buffaloes. He was struggling. I seen him throughout this game, throughout multiple games for the Buffaloes, in which he was getting cooked. There was moments. I mean, it got so bad that Dion even yelled at him, even took him off the field. I mean, that's how much of a liability it was. Now, don't get me wrong. There was spots when Travis Hunter was getting towards for example, Stanford, in which he just got completely destroyed in every way imaginable. And there maybe was a few spots in there, but outside of that, I didn't see him get cooked that much. But they need a corner to pair up with Travis Hunter. More of a lockdown to pair him up because Cornelius, I mean, Cornell, I mean, he just gets burnt too much. And I believe he a freshman, correct me if I'm wrong on that for the most part, but... They just need more help on the cornerback position because if they could just get another lockdown corner to pair up with trap with um with Travis Hunter, that would actually be pretty good, actually. It really would. But that's what they need. Another cornerback by far. And also what they need too is the fact that they need more receiver help. Because outside of Xavier Weaver, who did have a thousand yards, he did actually no, he didn't. He had he actually had nine hundred eight yards. My bad on that mistake. Outside of him, Travis Hunter, and you can even even say Jimmy Jimmy Horn Jr. in spots, there was really no consistent guy for the, for the most part. It really just was not no consistent. Xavier Weaver, he was by far the best receiver on the team last year at the weight imaginable, and he was doing his thing. He was consistent, but here's the thing. He's going to the 2024 NFL Draft. We already know he's going to be drafted. He was one of Shador's favorite targets. Besides him and Travis Hunter, in which I'm going to get to him a little bit more on that. But he was by far more consistent. Get a guy like Xavier Weaver. Consistent. His favorite target, which because you need good receivers for the most part. You do. And, yeah, you got Xavier. And, yeah, you got um, Travis Hunter, of course. But, however... He plays corner as well, and a lot of people don't know whether is he that good at corner or is he better off playing at receiver. It's kind of a mix-up bag of opinions for the most part, but I will get into him more as the video goes on, but they just need a more consistent receiver to pair him up, you know, because or someone just needs to step up in that wide receiver room because that's what they need for the most part. And I also did mention that the Buffaloes, they do need a bell cow running back because, as I mentioned before, Dylan Edwards. He's not a guy that can take 10, 15 touches in the game. He's not that guy. He's more of a guy that's more outside running back, more lineup in the slot, more of receiving back to me, more of like a more, more of like a more of like a, a pass catching run, more of like one of those guys. He that's what they need. Just a guy that can that could just get the touch like slow down the touches of Dylan Edwards so they can get like a bell count running back guy go in between the tackles that can take punishment that is physical if they can do that then that would be really good to see as well and also I want to talk about Travis Hunter more too Travis Hunter lockdown 
absolute incredible player in every way imaginable. I actually see some people call him the next Deion Sanders, which I can't see that happening because, again, Deion Sanders is one of the more polarizing athletes of his time, so I really can't see that comparison. But there is some similarities because he plays both offense and defense. But my main gripe with him is that he they need to like limit his like limit his snaps. Now, what I mean by that is this. They need to, for the most part, they need to, like, kind of limit him. So, for example, I remember in spots in which he, I forgot, I forgot the stat it was, but they had him playing corner and receiver. I'm talking about it was just insane. And that's one that's very underrated, his stamina. Because, again, the guy's playing receiver and corner. So, right after the polling team is kicking, he's getting right back on the field, a little break, and then he's back on there. In which... Honestly, I just need to see maybe more of like more corner and maybe some receiver in the mix, but they just need to limit his care on his touches on the ball because I mean you're having him out at corner and receiver eventually it's gonna wear him out and it's gonna wear his body out for the most part. But Travis Hunter, he's just a tremendous player for the most part. He really is. And I'm really gonna look forward to him next year. I really am. I just I I honestly can't wait if you want to be honest. I really can't see him next year. I can't wait to see him. And then one of my biggest ones, another one, was by far the defense and discipline. So gonna be, I'm at two and one, the discipline and the defense. The defense, they struggle in, I mean, they, actually, you could say they struggle with everything from stopping slants, flats, curl routes, check downs, and even in the middle of the field, essentially. I mean, it got so bad to the point in which they could not stop anything. And what teams would do is that... They'll just target the middle of the field every time. A perfect example was the Stanford game because in that Stanford game, they was up. It was up huge on Stanford, and Stanford wasn't even that good this season, right? And what happened was in that game, Stanford, they, I don't know what happened, which leads me to my next point, discipline. Just They just didn't put their foot on the gas enough in the second half and Stanford just kept it came back in which one of them was was with the fact that they just kept attacking the middle of the field constantly 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 in which Colorado had no idea what they were doing they couldn't stop it for the most part and even the announcers were saying the same thing the middle of the field they kept attacking the middle of the field the exact same stuff in which Colorado did absolutely nothing and the discipline, same thing. Losing the game with turnovers, penalties, stuff like that. I mean, the biggest one is, as I mentioned, the Stanford game. Because that game, there was just no excuse why they lost that game against Stanford. They was literally blowing them out. They had a huge lead on them. And then they second half, they just found a way to lose it. But the biggest one by far was, now, of course, it was the middle of the field. They couldn't stop that. But the biggest one to me was by far was their inability with just their discipline, just penalties, just turnovers, just not doing the little things that matter most. That's the issue I have for the most part. And by far, that really cost them that game. But there were some early cracks with the, um, it was early on in the year. It was against some um, their rival. It was against Colorado State. They did actually manage to win that game in double overtime, which was a good-ass game. I can't even lie. It was a really good game, and I did enjoy that. But that Stanford game, 
Ugh, I just really can't mention that for the most part. I mean, that was just horrible. And then as for their um their old line, as I mentioned, their old line was just terrible. And you just saw Shador getting beat up there. And I'll even say with Dion in times that he just didn't pull him out. He just let him stay in there, and then he was getting beat up in the pocket in every way imaginable. But that was one of my biggest gripes in there. If I had the rate their season, I really could have said a D, but... I'll say I'll give them a C because at least early on in the beginning, their season actually started on a hot note. They started week one, they played 17 ranked TCU, in which it was a very good it was a good it was a good game. I did enjoy that game a lot. It was a really good game. Back and forth, in which they did their thing. Then after that, they blew out Nebraska home. Then he went double overtime to Colorado State. In which they saw the early signs in the mix, but they managed to stick it out. They managed to get the win out. But you just saw the stuff, as I mentioned earlier, in that game. Then after that, they got blown up by Oregon, which I did expect Oregon to win. But I said Colorado make it close up until the fourth. But Jesus Christ, they completely destroyed them. UCLA, they were getting blown out at one point. But they actually almost came back against UCLA. I mean, oh, USC, my bad. They actually almost came back against USC. They barely beat a bad Arizona State team. They choked against Stanford. They lost against UCLA, lost against Oregon State. And a heartbreaker against Arizona. And then the final two, Washington State and Utah, in which the O-line, as I mentioned, was just terrible. And, and those games that I mentioned, they were just so bad. They just really couldn't do anything, though. But I'll give it a C. I really see mine. C, C minus around that range. I want to give them a D because, like I said, they did have a lot of promise for the most part. But overall, I say I support Dion. I support their team. I support what they're going to do next year. And they went 4-8. Now, granted. 4-8 is not, is not good in any way imaginable, but it's better than 1-11 because, as I mentioned before, Colorado went 1-11 last year. The year prior to this, my bad. The year prior to this. This year, 4-8. Now, again, it's not that bad, but it's not, it's not good, but it's a much improvement compared to where they were at before. Now, I wasn't the ones that said they was going to probably win, like, the national title game. No. I said it's going to take some time, but I actually said I wouldn't be surprised if they, at least, worst case, they got into a bowl game, but they were short. They just needed at least two more games to win. In some cases, they even let you in like, with five wins at times, so or less than an exception. But overall, I really did enjoy the Colorado Buffalo season. It has its highs. It has its in the middle of the pack. Then it has its lows, especially down the, as the season went on because, man, them losses were just heartbreaking, man. Especially against Stanford, Arizona. I mean, do I really mention those two? I mean, it was just absolutely heartbreaking in every way imaginable. But overall, I'm really looking forward to Colorado next year because their schedule is going to be even brutal next year. And also the way the Pac-12 is going to be weakened, it's going to be very interesting on how they look. But, however... I just wanted to say that's just my thoughts on Colorado season, and I'm really going to look forward on what Dion's going to do inside the offseason on his recruiting because that's what he needs to do, and especially he needs to beef up that O-line because if I have to see Shador getting constantly, constantly beat up again and again because the O-line can't block, I swear to God, I'm not going to be very happy. But with that being said, those are just my thoughts on it, and I will see you guys on the next video, but Happy New Year, everybody.